Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. I'm Robert Woolsey with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider on second reading whether to opt out of a new state law making all-terrain vehicles street legal. The new state regulation goes into effect on January 1st. It allows ATV use on roads in Alaska with speed limits of 45 miles per hour or lower. But some statewide public safety organizations are pushing back on the new rule, and Sitka's police and fire chiefs have called for the assembly to opt out due to safety concerns. Sitka isn't the only community in the state that's considering opting out of the rule. Fairbanks banned ATVs on its roads in November, and Kenai re-upped its band this month. ATVs have long been banned on roads in bigger Alaska cities like Anchorage and Juneau. At its last meeting, the Assembly voted on first reading to opt out of the ATV law, but several Assembly members who voted to opt out said they would like to allow some ATV use on local roadways, but need more time to develop rules specific to Sitka. Once ATVs are road legal in the state, it isn't exactly a free-for-all. Anyone driving an ATV on a public road must first register the vehicle and get a license plate. The vehicle must meet certain requirements like headlights, red brake lights, and the driver and passengers must wear helmets. The new rule does not apply to snow machines. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. A boat caught fire in Eliason Harbor early yesterday morning, causing a plume of black smoke to billow over the harbor for nearly two hours. The Sitka Fire Department received a call shortly before 9 a.m. that the vessel Megabucks was engulfed in flames at the transient dock. A team of 17 firefighters and EMTs responded with a fire engine and two harbor pumps pumping saltwater out of the ocean onto the boat's fiberglass hull. No one was injured in the fire, which was fully extinguished just after 11 a.m. Fire department staff said that the owner reported that a diesel stove and electric heater were both aboard the boat, and one was likely the cause of the fire. The department believes the megabucks will be declared a total loss. 24 new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka over the long holiday weekend, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. Because of the Christmas holiday, the state didn't release a new COVID report on Friday. The 24 new cases were reported from Wednesday to Sunday. The new cases maintain Sitka's high alert level. To date, Sitka has reported 1,323 coronavirus cases, 28 hospitalizations, and 6 deaths. As Omicron drives COVID rates up throughout the nation, Sitkins have more tools in their toolkit to combat the highly transmissible coronavirus variant. The Sitka Public Health Center is now providing at-home tests to the public free of charge. And if you test positive, your quarantine won't be as long, with new CDC guidance trimming the quarantine time to five days for COVID-positive patients with no symptoms. Each household is eligible for two test kits, Each kit includes two rapid antigen tests, which are meant to be taken by the same person 24 to 36 hours apart. Once you open the box, it takes about 15 minutes to administer the rapid test and get results. Sarah Hargrave is the regional nurse manager for Southeast Alaska. In an interview with KCAW, Hargrave said that to date, the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services has distributed 97,000 kits to organizations around the state. 
Sitka's public health center has received 1,600 tests, and around 750 are still available. Hargrave says most of the funding for the antigen tests came from the American Rescue Plan Act, and she expects the state will receive more tests from more test kits from the federal government in January. Test kits are available for pickup at the Sitka Public Health Center Monday through Friday from 8 to 4.30 p.m. with a lunch break. Record low temperatures were recorded in southeast Alaska over the weekend, but Sitka escaped the worst of the cold. Ketchikan was among the hardest hit. Ben Lindstead is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau. Zero degrees was the the new record set on both days, and uh, the old records were six in 1964 on Saturday and five in 19 all the way back in 1917 on Sunday. In addition to the cold in Ketchikan, snow moved in late Sunday night with two to three inches reported. Linstead said it was a quick-moving storm, which didn't affect communities on the outer coast quite as severely. Sitka dipped down to 17 degrees twice over the weekend, just before 6 a.m. on December 25th, and again just before midnight on December 26th. Ketchikan even managed to beat Juneau, which recorded a low temperature of a mere 3 degrees at 10 p.m. on Christmas Day. Linstead says snow is expected to return to the southern panhandle by Wednesday morning with another two to three inches. Another quick break Thursday into Friday morning, but then, just as this is your heads up, uh, New Year's Eve, it looks like there's a bigger storm on the horizon. Linstead says meteorologists are still analyzing the data to determine if there will most likely be snow or a mix of rain and snow. He says there will be slightly warmer temperatures up until New Year's Eve, but current predictions indicate below zero temperatures in Ketchikan early in the new year. They are advertising uh, much below uh, what we just had. So we'll see how that uh, evolves as the week continues. A special weather statement issued by the National Weather Service last night advises of a possible 6 to 12 inches of snow in parts of the panhandle over the weekend to be followed by those cold temperatures. The state-run ferry system rode out a turbulent year which saw the fleet's fast ferries sold to Spain, and more changes are on the horizon. There's the promised windfall of federal dollars for marine transportation and a reform bill passed by the legislature and the Dunleavy administration's gambit of privatization for some village runs this winter. Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick has this roundup of 2021 for the Alaska Marine Highway System. It wasn't a very promising start. In late January, the Department of Transportation announced a very lean ferry schedule. For its busy summer months, Sitka Republican Senator Bert Stedman was nonplussed. We need to get uh, more ships in the water. That's because lawmakers had worked to fully fund the ferry system, but about $13 million had been erased from the budget by Governor Mike Dunleavy's veto pen. There was also concern that the state's two Alaska-class ferries, built at a cost of $120 million, were facing another idle year. The Hubbard, which has yet to enter service, is going in for a $17 million project that would add crew quarters and extend its operational range. Governor Dunleavy vetoed that upgrade, but there's been an apparent shift in thinking that could finally see at least one of those ships enter regular service. That's not the case for the state's two fast ferries, which hadn't seen any action since at least 2019. 
The Marine Highway's general manager, John Falvey, told a Senate committee in February that talks were progressing to sell off the two catamarans. We do have a uh, responsive bidder, and uh, we are continuing, as we speak today, uh, to work through the process to um, close the sale. In the following weeks, the state announced a deal. The Shaniga and Fairweather had been sold to a Spanish ferry line for about half of what they'd been hoping to get. Then in May, the legislature unanimously sent a bill to the governor that would create an oversight board for the Marine Highway. Matt Sue, Republican Senator Mike Schauer, said lawmakers across Alaska want to see the ferry system succeed, but were concerned about perceived mismanagement by the DOT. Sometimes people have the assumption, it seems like, that there are legislators and others that don't want to have a ferry, like we don't support it. And I, I don't see that in this building at all. Um, I've seen nothing but support for the ferry, but I think we all also acknowledge that the ferry, we have issues and we have to do better. In June, a letter from Governor Dunleavy surfaced that offered the Malaspina ferry to the Philippines for free. It had been written the previous month when lawmakers had finalized the reform bill designed to give more input into the fleet's operations and planning. Sitka Democratic Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins complained giving a ship away violated the spirit of those reforms. Like, we passed this bill to sort of write a new chapter for governance and management of the ferry system, and then concurrent to that, the governor sort of on a lark offers up one of the core assets of the ferry system, Malaspina, to the Philippines for the cost of zero dollars. The Philippine consul in San Francisco visited Alaska, but ultimately passed on the offer. The Malaspina is expensive to keep. An investigation by Coast Alaska yielded thousands of internal emails showing the annual cost of keeping the Malaspina was about two times the amount previously disclosed. DOT pays the Ward Cove Group about $400,000 to keep it moored near Ketchikan. But the true annual cost was more than twice that when insurance was factored in. The DOT emails also showed that this annual $820,000 expense has been shouldered by the state despite several offers by interested parties to buy the ship. Among those was Jonathan McConnell, an Alabama-based broker looking to buy the ship and use it as a floating barracks for an anti-piracy security detail off the Horn of Africa. We're looking at paying, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand, if not, you know, over a million dollars for the vessel. In our, our claims were not even entertained, it seemed like. But the state ferry system could soon receive an unprecedented amount of federal cash. President Biden's $1 trillion infrastructure bill includes a billion-dollar, five-year essential ferry service program. Alaska itself isn't in the bill's language, but the criteria is tailored in a way to make the marine highway uniquely qualified. There's also $250 million for an electric or low-carbon ferry project that has Skagway leaders in Upper Lynn Canal excited. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Jacob Resnick. I'm Robert Woolsey, and this has been Raven News. Mm-hmm.